Welcome everyone to the inaugural Emmanuel Science Podcast. Our science department is happy to provide you with something to listen to while you jog or cook or draw or even something to help you drift off into a deep sleep. I'm your host for today, Mr. Schetzer, physicist extraordinaire and patron saint of geeks. Who else is joining us for today? Uh, Mrs. Brown from the chemistry department. And Miss Wells from the biology department. Excellent. We got one person from each department. Our knowledge combined will be uh, as smart as one really smart person. <laughs> how, how is everyone coping with the lockdown and the remote learning? Yeah, uh, it's, it's all quite new, isn't it? I, there are positives to the lockdown. I'm quite enjoying being at home with my children and doing some different things, trying out things like podcasts and, and videos. Um, there's definitely some downsides to remote learning. So, for example, my five-year-old interrupted my sixth form lesson the other day by shouting from the bathroom that she needed more loo paper. Uh, so that wasn't great. Do you have enough loo roll? Oh, yeah. So we're, we're actually fine. We've got plenty of loo roll. But thank you for your concern, Mr. Schetzer. Miss Wells, you doing OK with this situation here? Yeah, it's definitely been very busy, um, but but good on the whole, trying to fill fill time for the weekend, doing different bits and pieces. I'm actually trying to document the lockdown period for however long it's going to be. So I've got this app, I don't know if you've heard of it, called One Second Every Day. What you do is every day you take a little snippet and then it cuts it into one second and then whenever you want you can merge those one second clips together so the plan is at the end of lockdown to put all these days together and it kind of documents what what you've been up to so it might be a run one day uh, baking some cookies another day growing some seeds things like that but I thought it was quite a nice way of, of yeah documenting a bit of history yeah hmm. that sounds great I've found the, the most challenging part, you are allowed, like the UK government has said, you can go out and do some exercise and such. But I, personally, I'm, I'm still kind of worried if I just go out for a walk or a run. You know, if somebody runs by me huffing and puffing and they leave mm. a cloud of possible coronavirus particles. So it's, it's really, it's frustrating to, to look outside and see how much I could be enjoying the weather. It has been so lovely lately. It feels like summer, doesn't it? So I suppose at the moment, if you've got a garden, then that's really nice. You can sit out in the sun and, and you wouldn't have other people around. But if you, I think it's really hard if you're in a flat somewhere and, and can't get outside to enjoy the sun. Do we have um, any top tips for staying sane and busy? I would say definitely take time away from the screen and even your phones as well. Get some sunshine, get some vitamin D on your face. I thoroughly recommend that. Yeah. I, I'm going to add to that, uh, get off the chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, move, move your body. It's quite amazing the number of different people that are putting out fitness videos and things like that. So I know online and on Instagram, people are posting daily yoga videos um, and other workouts. And I think that's a good way to break up the day as well. I would say definitely make sure that you do your daily exercise because... I, I don't know about you, but I quite often get up and I, I don't f really feel like doing exercise, but I feel so much better having done it. And just even getting outside for a little bit makes a difference. And if you can have any contact with people during the day, just by phone or whatever, it's, it's so much better than just feeling like you're, you're locked away. I don't know if either of you have done a Zoom quiz with friends or family lately. Yeah, they're, they're very great. popular, aren't they? Yeah, they're really good fun. I really like those. Yeah. I prefer them when I do well. 
some of the ones I've done I've not been very good at. <laughs> yeah, my family made me be the host. So it was just a bit like teaching actually, but it was fun nonetheless. <laughs> well, that's why you had all the training. You're you this is what you've been preparing exactly. for your whole life. <laughs> yeah. A top tip, like you've never had more, shall we say, free time in your life that if you want to learn anything new, a language, a musical instrument, a anything, whatever it is. Um, personally, I, uh, I bought a little electronic drum kit and I'm trying not to bother my neighbors too much, but I'm learning to play drums. It's really awesome. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah, I've got a drum kit too, and I've been enjoying playing drums. Oh, nice. We should jam. Oh, yeah. Over Zoom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I, on the exercise, isn't there someone who did, who climbed the equivalent of Mount Everest going up their stairs? So you could, you could do the climb as far yes, as you can or run as far as you can, if you could find a way of doing it in your house. My mum says that sometimes she sits, stands in the kitchen and just walks in place. She said in some days she walks, walks, in quotation marks, seven to eight kilometers a day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, my seven-year-old has taken to getting her bike out indoors, which I'm not really pleased about because our house is not big enough oh, for no. that. <laughs> do you have hardwood floors? I, yeah, we do. So it hasn't made much mess, but it, yeah, it's, it's really not great. The other one that I'm not a big fan of is like front flips on the sofa and jumping on the beds. Ooh. Health and safety. Mm, they sound dangerous. Yeah, I think if it's safe, it's a less attractive activity. So let's uh, dive right into it. Our main topic of discussion for today is misconceptions. The world is full of them. Gum staying in your stomach for seven years? No. Coffee preventing you from growing? Nope. Nonsense. A penny falling from the shard onto your head can kill you? I don't think so. In any case, let's see if the Emanuel staff know what they're talking about for things outside of their expertise. And each one of us has come up with three possible misconceptions in our scientific field. And the rest of our panel here will tell us if they think they're true or false alongside their thought process. So I think what we could do is uh, we'll each do one, and then we'll each do the second one, and then we'll each do the third one in a, in a rotation. Now, biology is the one I know the least, so uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I have to say, I don't know that much about biology either. You're probably going to fool us. <laughs> My first um, biology misconception, I'm a plant scientist, so I had to make it a plant one. It is. Plants need soil to grow. Oh. Uh, I, I reckon no, but they probably need certain constituents that are in the soil. I don't, I don't know much about plants, to be honest, but uh, actually what I know about them is they pretty much always die when we have them Definitely. in our house. Um, but I, I think probably water, a few essential minerals, maybe some, I don't know, phosphates or something. I, I don't really know. So you're going to go with uh, not true? No, I'm going to say they don't need soil. They just need some key parts of soil. Um, all the plants, I mean, I'm no gardener, nor do I own a garden. But all the plants that I do own, they are in pots with soil. Uh, and have all the plants that I've seen... In my limited experience, I haven't been to like the, the the jungle or anything like that. They've all required some sort of soil, um, but I I don't know if it's the soil itself or like the the nitrogen and the phosphorus that it can get from the soil. But then there's other like plants. What are those ones that grow in like in the water? The 
mangroves mangroves oh, yeah. so i'm i'm going to agree with mrs brown uh i don't think um that that uh, that they do need soil i think there's a few of them that could survive without it uh, but they would need those essential chemicals from it yeah that's totally right um so plants are probably most commonly grown using soil which i think is why it is a common misconception but they can grow just with water and the mineral ions that they need in there so that's um sort of by hydroponics um so they need mineral ions like magnesium and nitrates but yeah the soil isn't necessary um totally it's kind of there more for a bit of anchorage and to supply the mineral ions but yeah they do not need soil in order to grow healthily they can do it just fine with water yay one point for each of us well done yeah nice so does that mean that i could grow various things by just having the like you can't just put a seed into water and then that's Um, it right once the seeds germinated so you can germinate on um cotton wool and things like that as soon as it's large enough and it's got little roots and the shoot then you can transplant it into into just water you could leave it in water as long as it's got the mineral ions then that's absolutely fine yeah so you could like grow some cucumbers or something in like a, a vat of water if it has like the right mineral constituents yeah totally give it a go it's a good one for our home experiments <laughs> i think we should set up some of our students doing that so miss wells what's your tip on um how i can make my plants in my house grow oh they just never seem to last more than a few days mm, pot plants yeah sometimes actually don't over water i know i've just said you can grow them in water but if they are in soil then a mist from one of those spritzer bottles every sort of so often as you go past the plant is usually the best way rather than saturating the soil, I would say. Uh, okay, maybe I've been overwatering. Whenever in the summer, I usually go back home to visit my family and I always worry that when I come back, my plants will be dead. Besides buying some complicated automatic watering system, do you know of a way that I could keep my plants hydrated? You can actually make um, sort of like you kind of cut a a bottle in half and you put the water in the bottle and then somehow put that into the soil and it allows the water to sort of drip through. I'm not sure exactly how you'd make that, but there are ways that you can do that. So it's got a bit of a reservoir and as the plant needs it, it will take the water from that. Last summer, I tried a DIY where you got some like cotton string, put like a reservoir of water in an elevated area. And then the water's supposed to drip down the strings into the plants. And they survived. But when I came back, <laughs> like my floor was covered oh, no. in, in plant water because it, <laughs> it dripped off of it instead of directly into it. So that's a bit of a downside. Yeah. Uh, I want to do chemistry next. Yeah. Okay. Uh, water is pH 7. I know it's supposed to be. Uh, I would imagine that it, to get, if it's pure water which is kind of impossible in uh, nature because it's always got some sort of dissolved stuff in it. I think that's like your ideal like benchmark. But I think if you get tap water or so, it's not going to be seven. It might be mildly acidic or mildly alkaline. Mm, okay, interesting. Miss Wells? Yeah, I, I agree with Mike there. I think distilled water that we use in the lab isn't that pH seven. But when you drink sort of mineral water that's got lots of other ions dissolved in it that would be my my idea so yeah i think water is ph7 but only when it's distilled yeah i i don't think either of you get a point there oh no 
Yeah, so actually pure water doesn't have to be pH 7. If you increase the temperature, its pH actually drops below pH 7. But strangely, it's still we still say it's neutral because there's the same amount of H plus as there is OH minus. But pH is temperature dependent. Um, so the temperature is all important. Even distilled water at, um, say, 60 degrees is not exactly pH 7. Well, when I taught this in year seven, I did not mention that. So now I know better. <laughs> yeah, we, we cover it at A level, but it's probably a little bit above the heads of your year seven. Very interesting. Okay, so zero points for both of us. Uh, my first one is, on Earth, all objects fall with the same acceleration. I think they do, don't they? Because isn't there that common, common kind of misconception where... If you have a brick and you have a feather, the brick will fall fastest and hit the ground quicker than the feather will. But surely they both will hit the ground at the same time. Therefore, their acceleration had to have been the same. I would go for that. I'm going to say it is the same. Yes. Okay. Mrs. Brown. So I think there was an experiment with someone dropping things off the Leaning Tower of Pisa a long time ago, but I'm not absolutely sure. So I think it's to do with forces. So Newton, I think, said F equals MA, and therefore you have to think about what the resultant force on your um, on your object is. So might it depend on the air resistance as well? So if something had a large surface area... The, the resultant force downwards, its weight would be less. And so it would accelerate slower. So I'm saying no. Okay. Um, you can each get half a point. I don't know if we're allowed oh, good. half points here. <laughs> um, it is true that they all accelerate towards the Earth at the same rate, but only in the absence of air resistance. Uh, Brian Cox, for example, on a, on a BBC um, show took a brick, no, was it a brick? No, it was a bowling ball and some feathers. And obviously if you drop a bowling ball and feathers, the feathers will float downwards and the bowling ball will just drop. But then he, he put it into uh, those two objects into a huge vacuum chamber, sucked out almost all of the air and then dropped the two of them together and they hit the ground at exactly the same time. So it does have to do with air resistance. It's just that up until A-level physics, we ignore air resistance because it makes life more complicated. Uh, is anyone keeping score? Who's in the lead? <laughs> I think, oh yeah, I haven't taken scores. I think we were both wrong on the pH one. I think we might all be even. I think we are, yeah. yeah. Back to biology, yeah. Okay, so the next misconception is respiration and breathing are the same a classic gcse misconception there <laughs> i think i've taught that in hill form and i i'm gonna go with they are the same but i feel like i am now incorrect <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think that they're, they're different so i think maybe there's confusion because we talk about the res respiratory system but i think respiration is uh so i as a chemist think of it as like combustion and it's producing um so you burn 
glucose, I think it is, is it, in respiration, and you produce energy. Yeah, that's right. So not the same as breathing, which is just inhaling and exhaling, obviously, too. Yeah, yeah, totally right. Um, yeah, that, that's the point there. So, yeah, so as you say, respiration is where you take glucose from the food that you eat and that reacts with oxygen in the mitochondria in your cells and that will release loads of energy that you can then use for other processes um and whereas breathing is is purely physical a physical process as opposed to respiration which is a chemical process so it's that ventilation getting um air in and out of the lungs so yeah they're not the same we've got a chemical process versus a physical process there Okay, so a chemistry one. It's kind of chemistry slash biology. Miss Wells, you might you might know the answer to this. Um, oxygenated blood and deoxygenated blood are different colours. I forget which one of them, but I, I think one of them is darker. I think the deoxygenated blood is darker and the oxygenated blood is lighter. They are not the same colour, but well, they're both red or reddish, at least in humans. Uh, but I'm going to go with no, they're they're not the same color exactly. Good. Okay, Miss Wells? Yeah, I'm going to say that they are different colors, different shades of red. I think I think oxygenated blood is more vibrant, a brighter red, um, and deoxygenated a little bit more of a dull red. Um, definitely not blue because it gets showed, doesn't it, shown in diagrams that your deoxygenated blood is blue. Um, yeah, so actually you both get one point there. So the misconception comes because lots of people would tell you that because your veins kind of look blue through your skin, deoxygenated blood is a kind of purpley blue colour and oxygenated blood is red. But you're both right. Deoxygenated blood is a slightly darker red um, than oxygenated blood, which is a brighter colour. Um, there's a couple of things that cause colour in chemistry. Um, it's always to do with um, certain frequencies of light being absorbed by something. And in uh, blood, it, you've got haemoglobin, which contains a complex um, iron um, and also a protein that has got um, a, an organic system that will absorb uh, light, certain frequencies of light. And um, the frequencies of light that are absorbed depend on the structure and so when you've got oxygen connected, um, it's got a slightly different structure to when the oxygen isn't connected in the deoxygenated blood. So slightly different fre frequencies of light are absorbed. What you see is what's not absorbed. Um, and so the result is deoxygenated blood is a slightly darker red. But yeah, really similar in colour. Not not hugely different. I've, I've tried to look up before... Um... And I've never found a satisfactory explanation. Where where does the blue, the bluish green come from? It's apparently to do with um, the scattering of light as it passes through your skin or, or reflects off your skin or something. So I think it, it could be to do okay. with the depth of the blood vessels and that kind of thing as well. Some people's veins hmm. look darker than others, don't they, as well? I wonder if, like, uh, this might be slightly gross, but if you had, like, a, a vein that was outside of the skin so it didn't have the skin around it i wonder if it would still have the same like greenish blue shade so apparently not so i think it is mm. the layers of skin above the the vessel so i think blood vessels broadly look very similar um when they're not actually inside the body i think there's an interesting philosophical question there isn't it like does something have color before you see it or is, is colour a perception ah. of the human mind? Because if a frequencies yeah. and colour, I don't know, that's that's one to think about. 
That's one for another time where we can talk about the the blue and black or the gold and whatever colored dress. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. By the way, the the dress was definitely blue and black in my opinion. Uh, all right, we're ready for some physics. Um, commonly misheld. Let's see if there's any truth to it. Uh, toilet water spins at a different direction. Sorry, different orientation in the southern hemisphere than it does in the northern hemisphere. So I've definitely heard that. I've never done an experiment to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I no, have been to Australia, <laughs> but this was before I cared. You really should have looked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. That, that sounds like a good urban myth, um, but I don't have any reason to say why it would be. Uh, so I guess the thought process would be something to do with the direction... Of, so the Earth's spin and, uh, yeah, that's about as far as I can <laughs> All right. think in terms of a logic. I, I, th- I think it might not be true, but only just because of trying to guess your psychology of asking the question in the Ooh, first place. okay. Trying to get into my head. Miss Wells, what do you yeah. think? I, I think it does. Again, I've not looked or anything to see, but I would say, yeah, Southern Hemisphere, it does spin around the other way down the plug hole but again I have no idea why that might be I'm afraid but I'm gonna go yes it does it does go the other way we have a point for Mrs. Brown sorry (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the best way to check this out uh, maybe we can put a little link after or something are there two very uh, amazing educational channels on YouTube one called Smarter Every Day and one called Veritasium and they actually did an experiment where you could play both videos uh, starting at the same time. And they both uh, synchronized what they were doing. And one of them was in Australia. One of them was in uh, the southern United States with a large enough basin of water. And they both spun in the same direction. I think where this comes from is there is some truth to things spinning in different directions in different hemispheres such as, uh, I forget which one's which, but hurricanes spin in one direction in the Northern Hemisphere and the other direction in the Southern Hemisphere because of the rotation of the Earth. But apparently that uh, phenomenon is not strong enough to... Uh, the, the amount of water in like your toilet or your basin or your sink or whatever is not big enough to be influenced by that. And so I think what people have is the the direction that the water flows in your toilet really comes from what direction does it go when it hits the bowl of the toilet. So you might have like jets that are purposely spraying the water in a clockwise or anti-clockwise direction. And that's usually where it comes from as opposed to the, the spinning earth. Okay. that's Yeah, that's, that is really interesting. That's quite a common misconception then, isn't it? I'd, would you say? But next time any of you, including teachers, would be in the Southern Hemisphere, we should check those out in a bathtub or a toilet or a sink. Okay, another biology misconception then, maybe, yes or no. The nucleus is the brain of the cell. Well, first, some cells don't have nuclei, so I would imagine that at least partly answers that no, it can't be. But isn't there also where the genetic material is held the nucleolus um so i'm gonna go with no but you said the brain of the cell right the brain yeah the brain of the cell 
Well, how how literally are we going to take that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's my question, because I, I would say you're talking in kind of different categories that brain is an organ, whereas you couldn't you can't really talk about a, a cell as having an organ. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the set, the nucleus does contain the genetic information. So I suppose it controls a lot of what's going on. Yeah, I'd go with like the, you know, the control center, but I, I wouldn't, I wonder if that's kind of part of your, uh, your trick to your question here. Yeah, I think definitely it's a trick question. Totally it is a trick. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're both right. Absolutely. It's, it's the control center of the cell. So as you said, it's got the DNA in there, which will code for proteins. But in, in terms of the wording, when we say the brain of the cell, um, as you said, Mrs. Brown, the brain would suggest it's this kind of organ that humans have got um, and other animals. So yeah, it definitely isn't the brain of the cell, but it is the control center. So it will control the rest of the cell. Um, Mr. Shet, so you were right in when you were saying that not all cells have nuclei. Um, so they will have strands of DNA around their um, cytoplasm. So prokaryotic cells don't have a nucleus, but they will have DNA in circular formation called plasmids um, and also all the way around the cell there'll be strands of DNA um, so yeah that's that's totally right not the brain of the cell a common held misconception but it will control the cell and the activities of the cell I think that's uh, part of our philosophy uh, series <laughs> because it's sort of like when um, when you say oh uh, uh, sodium atoms like to give away their valence electron giving it a human action yeah totally yeah using analogies yeah all right well we caught your trick didn't get away with it okay so chemistry one um if you have a solid form of something and a liquid form of the same thing the solid will always float on the liquid just like ice on water i think i know this one so miss wells you, you should go first <laughs> mm. Yes, I have definitely watched a video about this and it's just escaping me now. I'm pretty sure the answer is no, the solid doesn't always float on the liquid. But examples of elements that would show that are escaping me right now. But yeah, I have definitely seen this. Come back to me. I might see if some examples come, come to me. I'm going to say no, though. Ice is less dense then liquid water, yep. so it floats, which is very important. Otherwise, uh, you know, entire lakes would freeze from the bottom up and then all of the fish would die. Uh, but most substances, if I remember correctly, the solid form is more dense than the liquid form. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Mr. Shetsy, you've, you've got it pretty much spot on there. <laughs> um, so actually, ice on water, ice and water are really the exception to the rule. So generally, solids are more dense than their liquid form. Um, water is the exception because of hydrogen bonding. So um, hydrogen bonds are um, attractions between um, molecules of water. And in ice form, because the molecules are moving a bit more slowly, those hydrogen, are they're only vibrating in place, um, those hydrogen bonds actually hold the molecules a little bit further apart. Whereas in water, the hydrogen bonds are constantly breaking and reforming. And so the molecules are able to um, approach each other much more closely. So the water is more dense than the ice form. Um, yeah, we, we think it's really normal for solids to float on liquids because we see it with ice and water all the time. But actually, it's a really, really unusual thing. Yeah, well done. 
Yeah, I think I actually remember where where I watched this now. Wasn't it the GCSE Science Live? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Experiment. Yes, yes. Oh, I I didn't go to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you get all the credit for your your answer there, Mr. Shetzer, for not going to that. Um, And the last one. We've come round three each. The sun is yellow. Okay, is the sun yellow? I bet it isn't technically yellow. Um, I think that's something that we draw it as, but in terms of physics... I'm going to go with no. It's not actually yellow. Okay. Um, reasonings why that might be. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm, draw- I'm drawing a blank well, It could here. just be a gut feeling for now. I've got a gut feeling. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> I think it's a trick. I think it's a trick. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going for the psychology again. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Isn't, isn't in the sun there's lots of fission or fusion happening? Uh, fusion, yep. When fusion occurs... Does that trigger off, I don't know, some form of light? This is this is my physics knowledge being tested here. I don't know. Let's see. Mrs. Brown, what do you think? <laughs> uh, so, so when you look at sunlight, you can split the sunlight up into all the colours of the visible spectrum. Um, so I guess that would make it white light. Um but the, on the fusion thing, if you so fusion, I think is is it hydrogen nuclei fusing together to make helium nuclei? Yep. So there's a lot of hydrogen and helium, and if you look through like a spectroscope at the sun, you see those coloured lines, and I, th- I think like the helium and the hydrogen lines might be kind of reddy, orangey, yellow lines but i uh, so I've, i'm kind of saying no but uh, i don't, I don't know if saying... we can give you points if you uh if you if you say yes or yes and no <laughs> uh, okay i'll go for no then because i think it's white light because it's all all frequencies of the spectrum now you can both get a point but to be fair miss miss brown got the the reasoning behind it um i to be honest i don't know why we draw it as yellow uh, but the actual color of the sun, if if you define color as you know what your brain interprets uh, from the light that hits your eyes, there's all of the colors, which is why you can split sunlight into various colors, including yellow. Uh, when the sun is high up in the sky, the actual color of the sun is white, and that's actually less physics and more biology with to do with the the cones in your eyes. Uh, that when you combine all colors, your brain interprets that as white. Hmm. Um, and your eight physics students have seen this before, where if you combine uh, a red torch, a green torch, and a blue torch, at the area where they all hit together, they give you the impression of white light. Uh, perhaps there is more yellow light emitted than others, but the actual color of the sun is not yellow. Hmm. So well done. Interesting. So what is the final score? Do we know? Oh, I think. Mm. Or do we just say that I won? Is that that's uh, the no, easiest? No, no, I don't, I don't think you did win. <laughs> no, I reckon I won. <laughs> well, Mrs. Brown is the head of science, so she kind of has to win. <laughs> you just let me win, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a proper win. Well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was good. I like that. I learned some things. I found out that some things I know are actually true and some things that I know are not true, which is kind of the 
the journey exactly. itself, isn't it? Very interesting. Yeah, slightly disconcerting though, isn't it? To find things that you always thought mm. were true were, are actually yeah, not quite that's true. It. Well, in, in this day and age, when we're in this COVID-19 pandemic still, um, knowing what is true information and what is uh, misinformation is super important. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's ever been a time in, in recent history where it's been more important to look at things kind of scientifically and critically, as, has there? Well, thank you all for joining us. If you would like to hear us chat about something specific, please let myself or Miss Brown or Miss Wells know via email. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have some students, parents, guest speakers, other teachers do get in touch. Yeah, that would I be... think that would be a lot of fun. Be brilliant. And until next time, stay curious and stay safe out there. <laughs> that was great. <laughs>